Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232. The Exxon Radio Show is heard on radio broadcast affiliates worldwide, including AM 580 CFRA in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, WPUL AM 1590 in Daytona Beach, Florida, KOHI AM 1610 in St. Helens, Oregon, KHRO AM 1150 in El Paso, Texas. And for more information on becoming a professional broadcast affiliate of the Exxon Radio Show, visit www.xzbn.net or call toll-free worldwide 1-800-610-7035. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell.
The legend lives on from the Chippewa on down At the big lake they call Gitchagumi The lake it is said never gives up her dead When the skies of November turn gloomy With a load of iron ore, 26,000 tons more Than the Edmund Fitzgerald weighed empty That good ship and true was a bone to be chewed When the gales of November came early The ship was the pride of the American side Coming back from some mill in Wisconsin and welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And for those of you around the world who are saying to yourself, all right, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Well, I know where Canada is. I, I know where Ontario is. It's one of the provinces. It's in between Manitoba and Quebec. But where's Hamilton? Well, on your map, just find or, or Google Hamilton. But if you've got it, the old-fashioned globe or a map, we're on the shores of Lake Ontario in between Toronto and Niagara Falls, smack dab in the middle of the Great Lakes Triangle. Our toll-free number worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this hour is uh, director-producer Bob Wilkinson. We're going to be talking to Bob about his uh, new release entitled Shades of Grey. Now, Bob is a documentary uh, director-producer carving out a unique voice within the genre. Having been inspired by Robert Rodriguez's book, Rebel Without a Crew, Wilkinson sets out to create films with a dramatic flair. Working through the West Virginia public broadcasting, Bob produced Rounding Third, a history of minor league uh, Watt Powell Ballpark, John Brown's Body, a look at the lasting legacy of John's Brown Raid in Harper's Ferry, and Homestead, a history of the homestead movement in West Virginia. Now, Shades of Grey is Bob's first feature-length film focusing on the life of UFO provocateur Gary Barker. Having gained excellent reviews and awards, Shades is distributed by EI Entertainment Seminal Films domestically and Trillium Entertainment worldwide. Currently, Bob Wilkinson is working on his latest film, Romeo Must Hang. The piece uh, details the exploits of 1930s killer Harry Powers, the inspiration for Hollywood's classic Night of the Hunter. A graduate of Western Virginia State College, Wilkinson also participated in a prestigious documentary filmmaking workshop at WGBH Boston's public television station. And joining us now to talk about, well, not right now, we're going to wait until we get to the other side of this commercial break that we've got to take in about a minute. But uh, on the other side of the break, Bob Wilkinson is going to be joining me to talk about Shades of Grey. His website, www.theyknewtomuch.com. That's www.theyknewtomuch.com. This is the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and on Star Cable. If you'd like to give us a call at any time, our toll-free number is manned 24 hours a day at 1-800-610-7035. Or you can produce or you can chat with our on-duty producer on MSN Messenger once again 24 hours a day by using the MSN address 
xzoneradiotv.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. I'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break talking about Shades of Grey with my special guest this hour, Bob Wilkinson, as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Back in two. Early. The ship was the pride of the American side. Nation, Bob Wilkinson is my special guest. He is a director-producer, and we're talking about Shades of Grey, the brand-new uh, feature-length film, focusing on the life of UFO provocateur Gary Barker. His website is www.theynewtomuch.com. And Bob Wilkinson, welcome to the Exxon. How are you, Bob? Hi, doing good. Thanks for having me. Tell us about uh, Shades of Grey. Uh, Shades of Grey is a film that uh, follows uh, one of the what I consider one of the early UFO pioneers, Gray Barker, and uh, his he was very prolific, a very prolific writer, mm-hmm. and a lot of his works have become, I guess, part of the the lore of the of the field today. Now, what was your interest in 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 uh, in Gray, and why did you decide to do a, a a feature film about his UFO exploits? Well, uh, I kind of, as a documentary filmmaker, I'm always looking for a good story, and uh, mm-hmm. I kind of grew up a, a fan of a lot, you know, the horror genre and sci-fi movies, and kind of a curiosity in the UFO field, and I just ran across an article that talked about this archive that was located in Clarksburg, West Virginia, and uh, it housed Gray Barker's writings, his letters, his books, and papers, and I thought, well, I need to, I need to go up and check this out. I guess it, the the article was like a modern, or you know, the roots of X Files housed in the Clarksburg Library, mm-hmm. and you know, you go up there, and it really is. It's a, it's this, it's this rich history of the UFO field and this man's life, and you know, the more and more I read about him, I was just like, you know, this, this has every, all the elements were there for a good story. And so I, I followed in, you know, gathering interviews. So, so tell me, do you believe in UFOs or experience? I wouldn't say that I don't believe in UFOs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I guess I would consider myself a skeptic in all, in, in all the fields, but uh, I, I'm definitely not closed-minded about it. And 
because I, I hear people's stories and, and you, you read about some of the stories that Gray Barker collected and, you, mm-hmm. and these people have genuine experiences and it's tough to discount these stories. And, it, and it, at the same time, it's hard to separate the, the fact from fiction in them. And so, but, but you definitely can't dismiss someone who's had a genuine experience and they have feelings. You can see it when you talk to someone face-to-face that they've had an encounter of some kind. And I can't explain it, but... You know, you can't. I don't, I don't think it's fair to dismiss that. So, would you would you say that based on your your experience uh, doing Shades of Grey, that you're more uh, more in tune to actually believe that UFOs actually exist compared to before getting involved in this project? Um, <clears throat> I don't think my opinion has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Uh, you know, Greg, Greg Barker was known to generate some controversy himself and uh, with his writings. Greg Barker, he was, he was willing, he, I mean, Greg Barker was in the UFO field, but he would splice things up a little bit. And so, and I think, you know, as humans, we all do that. We want to make the story sound a little better. And, but I, I, don't, I don't think my opinion has changed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm basically open to the idea, and and I think that the, that moment you close your mind to that stuff, then you won't experience it. It's the same thing with, with the paranormal field, where you know if you're not willing to accept that maybe there are ghosts, and you know you're going to close off that realm to you, and you're not you won't be able to experience that. So so tell us a little bit about Gray Barker and his his footprint in ufology. Uh, um, well, Gray's, uh, Gray's really known for his uh, writings of the men in black. That's where he kind of left his mark. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book called They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers, which is where we got the title of the webpage, theknewtoomuch.com. And uh, the, the, the book was about people who had experiences with... Uh, in, with a UFO encounter, and there were government agents who came to to quiet them, to silence them, and in um, the book, I, I, w- I won't say that he. I mean, there's been evidence of the Men in Black throughout history, and I spoke with Jerome Clark about it. And you can go back, right? You, you know, way back in history, and there's there's writings about these mysterious Men in Black, and but I would say that Gray Barker has done more especially in the 50s 60s and 70s to promote the men in black than any other writer and i think that a lot of the stuff you see today you know came from his his interpretation of what Mm -hmm. these men in black were and i would say that's his large footprint i know a lot of people visit his uh his archive to to get information on the uh, hollow earth theory and it's become I guess a minor tourist spot there for, for the UFO enthusiasts there in Clarksburg, West Virginia. Those mm-hmm. People will stop in periodically and want to know about the hollow earth. And, you know, they, they'll go through his paperwork and try to find out, you know, what he wrote about that. Do you think that there, there's, there's enough evidence to substantiate claims that the hollow earth is actually a fact instead of sheer fiction? Um. This, what I found is that uh, the early Hollow Earth stuff was written by Ray Palmer, 
and you know the Robert Shaver mystery. I guess Robert Shaver came to Ray Palmer with this this idea, and Ray Palmer turned it into he turned this science fiction story into a, into a, a detect, you know a journalistic piece. And so Palmer started mm-hmm. to gra- you know kind of blur those lines between fact and fiction and. You know, and it, it, to me, if you if you go back to the origins of it, it, it started out as just a good story that was promoted, and and that was really the you know the early beginnings of of this popular culture. How do you think ufology and the paranormal has actually changed present day culture? Present day culture, yeah. Um, that's interesting. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, for one, it's a, it's a booming industry now, you know, today. Uh, I know here in West Virginia, we have a few destinations with the Moundsville Prison and 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 uh, the, the Lunatic Asylum in Weston, and then you have, mm-hmm. like, the Lake Shawnee, the abandoned theme park down in southern West Virginia that they're huge. You know, the, the state even promotes them. To say, hey, come and look at our ghosts and those sorts of things, and we also have our our they're I don't know they're classified as UFO flying saucer events, but you have the Mothman in Point Pleasant and and the Braxton County Monster in in Flatwoods, both of which Gray Barker uh, uh, he investigated both of those events, and I think it's become I think it's become mainstream is really what's happened. And I think what's the thing that's changed most about it, people are willing to talk about it. Like back in the 50s when the Flatwoods Monster incident happened and these folk, these, you know, these country folk talk about this event that happened and they were afraid to talk about it and because they didn't want to be ridiculed. And some of them didn't talk about it. And still today, some of the witnesses, you know, won't speak about it. And because they don't want that public ridicule. But I think that is what's really changed the most is it seems like the public is willing to listen now. And and you don't get, it doesn't seem like you get that ridicule as much anymore and people are willing to speak about it more. Do you think that uh, that, uh, that Gray Barker was one of these people who believed that the government was suppressing information about UFOs and that the crashes at Roswell and other places were actually suppressed for one reason or another? Um, I think that, uh, I, th- I think that Gray did, I, I think he was a, basically, I guess the best way to answer that is Gray was a product of his time in society, uh, mm-hmm. time and, and place in society and, and especially being from West Virginia. And I think, I think there's a lot of social satire in some of his writings with, uh, you know, the men in black right? that you, you can't say too much or you're going to get into trouble. And, you know, if you have this secret, then you got to keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that more or less that there, he, I think Gray Barker was more George Orwell or George Orwell than he was a, a UFO writer from that standpoint, if that makes any sense. Yeah, actually, it actually does. Um, so, so, 
during the during the filming of Shades of Gray, uh, of Gray, what did you know? Did you ever come across anything that that you would consider to be resistance of one sort or another, or was there any any aha moment that you that you and your cast and crew came across? Uh, well, I did get some resistance in the interviews, um, and I, I won't name names because sure. I didn't want to be interviewed. I understand. And, I appreciate that. Um. But I would I would talk to the people and and they were important interviews because they were speaking to some of the main subjects in the film mm-hmm. and I would I would set up interviews and and it, you know the conversations on the phone were good they were, you know I was excited to do the interview they were excited to participate in the film and then a few weeks later I would get a call and they'd be like look I don't really think I can talk about this. All right, stand by. You and I have to take a two-minute commercial. We've got to take our news break. Two-minute commercial. We've already done that. I'm losing track of time now. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm going through the time vortex again. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Bob Wilkinson is our special guest. He is the producer and director of Shades of Grey. Once again, his website is www.theynewtomuch.com. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news. Don't go away. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www. .exoneradiotv.com Why do I feel like I'm losing control? The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Clever and despise a fool 
Feel yourself crazy, you can't follow the rules A working class hero is something to be A working class hero is something to be Exonation, Bob Wilkinson is my special guest this hour. He is the director and producer of Shades of Grey. His website is www.theyknewtomuch.com. Bob, tell us about the uh, the company that you work for, the uh, company behind uh, uh, Shades of Grey. Yeah, uh, the company behind it is uh, Allegheny Image Factory, mm-hmm. and... It's ran by brothers Bob and Jeff Tennell, and they uh, they came aboard the pro- the project you know about a year or two after I'd begun it, and they uh, they've been in the industry for some time. About they've worked out in L.A. for a while, uh, and Jeff was in the music in music industry with like the Rolling Stones, Chili Peppers, and Metallica, right. and. And then he also did something that would be uh, that's really popular in Canada. He did a couple uh, French Canadian hockey films called Les Boys mm-hmm. or Les Boys One and Two, and those are actually pretty popular up in that region. And uh, then and Bob did a cult classic, one of my favorites as a kid, uh, Surf Nazis Must Die. He was producer on that, and and he's also a graphic novelist now, and he's kind of tapped into that market of. Uh, the comic book genre and he's done a few you know really popular titles there and uh this was uh, the first documentary that they they got aboard and you know they they had called me it was just a a chance meeting and steve fezemeyer the former film commissioner here in west virginia called me and said hey you need to call this guy and gave me his number and and he told Bob the same thing. Bob Tenno, uh, <clears throat> you need to call this guy. And, and you know, it, I was kind of hesitant to do it because you get that all the time where you're kind of hesitant to call and you're like, uh, I'll put that off. I'm going to make my film and just finish it. And so reluctantly one day, and, and Bob says the same thing. He's like, you know, I didn't want to talk to you at all. I didn't want to do this. I just did it because Steve recommended it. Bob, uh, he called his brother immediately, and they they drove down to... West Virginia here and and we met and I showed him what I'd shot some of the footage and you know right away we started a a partnership to get the film shot how has how has digital photography changed the film uh the film industry you know instead or did you shoot it in 35 millimeter 16 millimeter or on high def video this no this was shot on digital video Mm -hmm. um and I mean, it, what, it's changed it because it's made storytelling more set, accessible. Um, it, and uh, someone like me, I mean, I, if I would have started this project and, and began this by shooting on 16 millimeter or 35 millimeter, mm-hmm. I would have never got this project started. I just couldn't afford it. And because in the early days of this, it was basically I would load up my car with all the gear I needed and I would drive and I would interview someone. And I was I would call my brother in law. My brother in law's a banker and I call him up and say, Hey look, I'm gonna go do this interview. You interested in running audio? Can you help me carry all this gear? And you know, as a matter of fact I met my brother in law <clears throat> that way. I called him 
and said, hey, I'm going to go interview Jim Mosley in Key West. Won't you jump in the car and drive to Key West with me? I'll pay for your trip if you'll just, you know, be my be my key grip and my mm-hmm. audio guy. And and that's I think that's what that's what the digital media has done. It's made the the storytelling and the genre a little more accessible and affordable. Tell me, what is the hardest part about doing a a, a full-length feature like uh, Shades of Grey with today's technology? What are some of the what are some of the uh, the obstacles that you had to work your way around? Um, for me, it was budgetary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my personal. Um, you know, when you fund these things yourself, I mean, it can quickly add up and. You know, it's 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 not easy to to get from West Virginia, you know, just to drive to West Virginia to Key West to do an interview, just because I believe, you know, I, I believe in this idea, and and you got to convince others to get on board with you. Um, as as far as the technology, you know, it's just the learning curve is the the tough part. You know, the with computers, everything changes so fast. And there's a learning curve there that goes with it. You got to keep on top of it, and there's always little problems that creep up here and there, and you got to you got to figure out how to fix them because it's a it's a small you know it's, it's mm-hmm. a small operation, and when when you're an independent, you know you don't have a team of IT to fall back on, and so that those were my biggest challenges, and in the fact that it's digital video, one one thing that's challenging is it's because it's so cheap, you tend to shoot too much. And you kind of, if you're shooting 16 millimeter, you're thinking about, all right, I got to, I got to get these, these are the points I want to get. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the, the, the media has, the medium has a tendency to make it a little bit lazy. So, so but and, I, I guess, know. I guess it also gives you as, as the director producer, uh, a lot, larger wider range and scope for example uh, i i guess you can go into the edit studio yourself now and help the edit master as well as sit there and use digital effects that that you couldn't do in the days of 35 65 you know and 16 millimeter yeah um i mean it's it's amazing today like a transition for instance i mean if we can we won't even talk about special effects we'll mm-hmm. talk about it at all yeah and you know, I can just put a dissolve in, and you know, you hear you hear young kids now talk about render time. Oh, you got to render this. This is insane. But you know, in the in the day of the of the film, you you would have to say, all right, this is my dissolve. Send it off to a lab. Wait a few weeks, and you'll get your dissolve back. And so it was a matter. I used to edit with a with uh, my, my former boss, uh, Mike Youngren, and we would sit here at the Avid, and, and he would talk, and he'd say, well, let's dissolve that. I'd put the dissolve in, and we'd move on. He's like, you know, back in the day, I'd have to wait four weeks to get my negatives back. And, and so, I mean, it really has. The, the business has, has changed dramatically. Unreal. Explanation. I'm talking to Bob Wilkinson. He's the producer and director of Shades of Grey. And... Um, his website is www.theknewtomuch.com. That's www.theknewtomuch.com. And Shades of Grey is Bob's feature film uh, focusing on the life of UFO provocateur Gray Barker. And uh, we're talking about that. Uh, the the we're talking about every aspect of it. And um, what is what is the 
the general consensus of people that you that you've shown the uh, the film to pertaining to UFOs are are they mostly believers or are they skeptical? Yeah. You kind of run into a mix of both, but the mm-hmm. one uh, the, the one thing that really struck me about this process is that you can talk to anyone and say, and they're like, "What are you working on?" I'm working on a film about Gray Barker. He's 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 the man who popularized the Men in Black. And you'll be you'll be surprised at the dialogue that opens up and the people that are willing to say, you know what? When I was 16, I was out in the woods and there was this light that kept following me, and I followed it too. And, and, and you know, it just opens this dialogue, and you realize that more people have a story to tell than you would you would think. Yeah. And and because a lot of times the people in the field get dismissed as crazy kooks and things like that, and mm-hmm. And I think that's unfair because I think, you know, when you have a genuine, well, it's like even with me, when I, when I make this film, I mean, I would, I'm, I'm a champion for this film and I could come across as being a little excessive or kooky about my film because I believe in, and I think you get that people who truly believe in what they're talking about. And, but I'm, you know, I was really surprised at the the amount of people who would open up and talk to you about different things in the field. If someone listening today or this evening is is contemplating becoming a producer and a director, and they and they really don't know which path to follow, how would you be able to guide them into the right direction of of learning where to go to school and what to do and and what some of the the pros and cons are of being a film director today? Uh-huh. Um, well, I, w- I mean, I would recommend. I fell into it by chance, and I would just recommend reading. Mm-hmm. And you know, school's good, and it's it's good to learn the you know the right way to do things, and you know find you know you need to find someone to really show you and you know i guess the 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 rules of the game that way you can begin to to play it and um you know i would recommend reading i I started out reading a few books like the robert rodriguez's quinn tarantino's roger corman Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of insight in there on how to how to get you know going in the business and i mean i just i just bought a camera and started doing it and uh i went to uh, west virginia state college which is just a small community college here in west virginia and it's actually obtained university staff since i've graduated but uh um they have a good communication department it's not a film department but it's communication department i met with some people who made some films um kenny boyd who's who made a couple films chillers you know invasion of space preachers things like that and you just start feeling your i felt my way around and learned learned how to do it and and you know i made i just bought my camera made my own mistakes and learned from them and so it's kind of my story is, is definitely not the the typical story because i didn't go to a film school and and sometimes i it, it's real that, that i sit here and think that you know, next week on June fifteenth, my film is available on Blockbuster and Amazon and Walmart and Target, and you, mm-hmm. and you just think, you know, sometimes you sit back and like, wow, how did this happen? And so, 
But, I mean, if you have a story to tell, I, I, I'm a believer that you just find a way to tell that story. What was it like the very first time after you decided that you wanted to become a filmmaker, that you actually saw your very first production on the big screen or on the small screen? How did you feel? Uh, oh, it feels great. Um, you know, the I guess the first production that I did that was broadcast in West Virginia on public television. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to go home and sit down and you see it coming over the television, it's kind of... It's a it's a really neat feeling, even on a small level like that, where you just it's across the state of West Virginia, and and I mean it it feels good that people get a chance to to see the story that I wanted to tell, and you know so that's really the uh, the the benefit that you that I get out of this is that it's out there, and you know I'm with shades of gray. I'm really excited that you know. This um, this is a, it's a good opportunity. People are going to get to see the story that I felt was important to tell, and so that's kind of a, it's it's really exciting. Exonation. Our guest this hour is Bob Wilkinson. As I've been saying throughout this hour, he is the director and producer of Shades of Grey. Now, for more information, the website is www.dot. TheyKnewTooMuch.com. That's www.theyknewtoomuch.com. Bob, please stand by. You and I have to take our final break. We'll be back uh, very shortly. You know how it is in this industry. We have to make commercials a prime time thing over right. here, just like in television. And and uh, but you don't have that problem when with movies uh, commercials. I guess the the big problem is getting the funding. Funding is the problem. Well, we'll talk more about this when we come back. Bob, thanks very much for joining us. Bob Wilkinson and I return on the other side of this commercial break. As the Exxon continues, we're right here live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. 1-800-610-7035 is toll-free. My email address is exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www exxonradiotv.com Good news coming in uh, the next week, I hope. By the 17th of June at the very latest about paragators. I'm really excited about this. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. They hurt you at home and they hit you at school Bob Wilkinson is my special guest. He is the director-producer of Shades of Grey. And uh, first of all, I, 
congratulations on, on a great uh, on a great film and uh, t- tell me what was early ufology like is is there something that the people here in the year 2010 need to understand about ufology back when when gray barker was involved yeah i, I do i think that in the in the 1950s i think that everyone had this sense of awe and wonderment mm-hmm. and you know, it's interesting. We talked about how did this digital media change things? Well, I think it's made us more, we don't believe things as easy. We don't have that sense of awe and wonderment like they did in the 1950s because of what you see on the big screen. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing that I think is important about the UFO field and, and ufology is that you understand Someone like Gray Barker, someone, the life of Gray Barker can gives you a great, de, you know, deal of insight into that early culture, and you know the way that you tell a story, the way that the events are are recorded in that time, and and the sense of wonderment that, that people had by in in the 1950s and 60s, and I think um, that you know, along with this film, the the archives up there in Clarksburg is mm-hmm. just such a, a gem that's there for anyone wanting to delve into this subject, whether they're believers or whether they're non-believers. I think that it's such a, a a little gem hidden up there in Clarksburg, West Virginia, where Gray Barker, you know, spent most of his days. So it all is it's a matter of perception as as well as culture that that all has to be taken into consideration and account when. When comparing apples and oranges, comparing the day of Gray Barker to the year 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What would you like to? Uh, what would you like viewers to to walk away with after they have seen uh, uh, Shades of Gray? Uh huh. Um, I would think. I guess uh, it would be. Something Greg Barker said in the, in, you know, in in his, in one one of the videos that I place in the film, it's like, you know, if mm-hmm. if you look up in the sky and you do not see, if you look deep within, there you will you will see, and I think that's that's kind of what the film is about. It's it's almost about it's about what's in you, as much as it is what's out there, you know, and. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a human story. And I think it's, it's something that says, you know, if someone comes up to you and and has a story to tell you, listen to the story and, and, you know, and, and don't, don't dismiss that person and don't push them away. And, and I think, I, I think that in the end, that's what the film, you know, I wanted to say. Listen, Bob, you and I have to got to say so long for now. I look forward to talking to you in the future. Continued success. And uh, we'll send as many people as we can to see Shades of Grey. The website is www.theyknewtoomuch.com. Bob Wilkinson has been my guest. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past. Don't go away. 